Help defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Your contributions enable us to continue our work to promote the faith, defend the family and promote the sanctity of life. Make a real difference today. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk slash donate. The Lord be with you. And with your spirits. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The Jews started arguing with one another. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They said. Jesus replied, I tell you most solemnly, if you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have life in you. Anyone who does eat my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life, and I shall raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me, and I live in him. As I, who am sent by the living Father, Myself draw life from the Father, so whoever eats me will draw life from me. This is the bread come down from heaven, not like the bread our ancestors ate, they are dead. But anyone who eats this bread will live forever. He taught this doctrine at Capernaum in the synagogue, the Gospel of the Lord. Four times our Lord called himself the bread from heaven. The fourth time he said, I am the living bread which has come down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And the bread I shall give is my flesh for the life of the world. As long as he called himself bread, whilst it was difficult to accept, Nonetheless, the Jews didn't grumble. They still hoped that somehow there was a metaphor, there was some symbolism, some figurative speech, and that he would give them the banner. They had come to him for the manna. They wanted to be fed again, as he did on the other side of the lake. And our Lord indeed wants to feed them as he wants to feed us. But he wants to give us not the bread that perishes, but the bread that gives eternal life, which is himself. And so he, having called himself bread, he makes it abundantly clear what kind of bread it is. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh for the life of the world. Up until this moment, he's talked about bread. He makes a promise that the bread he will give is his flesh and that he will do it for the life of the world. So he's now moving from his divinity to his humanity. The bread that he gives is his flesh, and this flesh is going to be crucified it is by his death that life is given to the world. That is the forgiveness of our sins. 
But this life needs nourishment. And this nourishment can only be given, as he says, by eating his flesh. The Jews understand what he says, and they understand him literally. They understand that they must eat his flesh, the body that they saw before them. And they are perplexed. Well, they're more than perplexed. They are confused, and more than confused. They are incredulous, and even more, they are angry. How? They argued among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They missed the point. They said, this man. Our Lord had continually said, I have come down from heaven. No one has gone up to heaven except the Son of Man who is in heaven. He called himself the Son of God. They didn't know that when he was being crucified, didn't he say that he was the Son of God? Let him come down then and we will believe. But now they reduce him to a mere man. Because of this, in some sense they are right. Because if he were a mere man, how could he do it? But if he is God, then the how doesn't apply. Because we can ask, how is it possible for God to be everywhere? And all the other works of God, how are they possible? And so they begin this dispute among themselves. For those who believe, there's never any dispute. We believe and we're all united. But when there's lack of faith, where there's unbelief, then indeed dispute begins. And so our Lord responds. He responds by making things even worse. Often when people have misunderstood him, as in the case of Nicodemus, who thought that it was necessary to go into his mother's womb a second time, our Lord corrected it. But when there is unbelief, our Lord only reinforces what he has said. And this is exactly what he does in this case. Jesus replied, I tell you most, most solemnly, if you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have life in you. He has already made it worse. Because he had, up to this point, he'd only said, eat my flesh. But now adding drinking blood was for the Jews even worse, because for them, blood was unclean. So that's the first. And he says, you will not have life in you. It is obvious, it is evident, that he's speaking of a special kind of life, because they had life at the time he spoke to them. Unbelievers have life, the wicked have life. So it can't be that life to which he's referring. There must be another kind of life. In fact, this life is the life of the soul, and the soul is immortal, and therefore this life is eternal. So this is the first thing he promises. He adds drink in his blood as well. He goes on. Anyone who does eat my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. That's the second. Here he's promising to raise the person who eats and drinks up on the last day, and therefore it is evident that it is the spiritual life to which he refers, and 
it is that life which will raise up the body because at the on the last day the bodies of the good and bad alike will be raised but one to everlasting life the other to eternal damnation but what does our lord do he in the first um sentence he says anyone who does not eat and drink will not have so he blocks it off will not have but anyone who does will have so both ends are blocked and now he's going to deal with what happens in the middle so the third for my flesh is real food my blood is real drink in other words i'm not speaking figuratively i'm speaking literally it is real it is not like the manna it's not a figure it's not a symbol it's not a type but it is literal so that's the third the fourth he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and i live in him so now he's talking about the indwelling that occurs because of the eucharist which he will give that we will share his life he is in us and we in him and again that's a claim to divinity at least it points to it because only god lives in us and we live in god so he's now bringing in the his his divinity into this and it comes about because we have eaten his flesh and drunk his blood and so he goes on to the fifth he who eats my flesh as sorry, as i who am sent by the living father myself draw life from the father so whoever eats me will draw life from me and so it is the life that we receive from him is nothing other than his own divine life so st peter could say that we have put on the divine nature we've been dressed in the divine nature something adam was destined to do in fact when god first created adam he breathed in, into him his own spirit and adam was dressed with the divine nature by his sin he lost that and he was reduced to his mortal nature but now christ is offering us once more the the gift of being dressed in the divine nature this he says is the bread come down from heaven again he comes back to his incarnation not like the bread our ancestors ate not like the manna the manna only gave nourishment for the day and each day the israelites were required to collect it and it provided no matter how much they collected it was sufficient for the day but what is being offered to us is something more than the manna we've been offered the bread of life which will sustain us all the way to eternity our lord says your ancestors our ancestors at the manna and they are dead because they ate carnally without understanding who it was or rather what the manna itself signified but anyone who says who eats this bread will live forever which is the six and so he with six singular strophes tells us that it is necessary for us to eat his flesh and drink his blood in in the in the first part where he said to eat my flesh that was sufficient he added the rest the drinking of his blood 
to indicate his resurrection for these, these the, the, when the blood is separated from the body, the body dies. This is symbolized by, this, this is effected by the crucifixion and symbolized by the separate consecration of the two species at Mass. <clears throat> but what we receive is Christ's glorified body, the risen body, in which there is blood. So whether we receive under one kind or both kinds, we receive the whole Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. This is what the church calls concomitance. For us to think <clears throat> that we are receiving, we have we've been denied something in receiving only one species is in fact the very heart of the the argument of Luther. And Luther ended up, in fact, denying that Christ was present in the Eucharist. But the church has always believed that Christ is whole and entire under either species. And, and this from the very beginning. And a simple historical fact demonstrates this. The Coptic church separated from the Catholic church in the 5th century. Yet they believe it. They have the Eucharist. They believe Christ is present, whole and entire, under either species. The Orthodox Church separated in the 10th century, 11th century. They believe it as well, and perhaps even more ardently than we do. It's not until the 15th century that the disputes about the Eucharist really began with the Reformers, or rather the revolutionaries. And so the church at Trent made it very clear in her teaching that Christ is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, under the species of bread and under the species of wine. And that this presence, which is called the real presence, has been given to us, and that we are nourished by it. In fact, we are given eternal life, eternal life that begins here and now. And so we ask our Blessed Lady, who's, in whose womb Christ took flesh, to intercede for us, that we might hold fast to the faith that Christ has delivered, us, delivered to us in the synagogue in Capernaum. And we ask that we believe. Do not ask the question how, but rather make songs of thanksgiving for what he has done for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Mm-hmm.